We watched Fifty Shades of Grace, and we're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. If this is your first time around here, well, welcome. (laughs) Uh, Just a couple of notes. We're not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off, although either of those things could happen. And if they do, we want to know about it. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you don't need to believe to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Hey, Andrea, how's your heart? Uh, It's a little terrified, actually, at the moment. Why is it terrified? (laughs) Well, because we have a guest. Yes. And I didn't know we were going to have a guest. Yeah, (laughs) we sure do. And... Uh, the subject matter just has me a little concerned. There she goes. Oh, there she goes. Hey, there she goes. The wild card is here, everybody. Woo! Uh, yeah. Um, why, why is the subject matter so bothersome to you? It, because you guys tend to get a little... This is gonna... <laughs> <laughs> go ahead go ahead you can say any words you want this to this is a safe space <laughs> no it's no, not it's not. <laughs> it's not see the thing is uh everybody we watched a little movie called redeeming love yes we did. um based on the book by by francine rivers yes and um and so uh I, define that we what do you mean we i i the the three of us watched it but not together. Um, I wasn't going to be a single man by myself sitting in the back of Redeeming Love with a notepad. I didn't feel like that was going to be a good look. So I did uh, take my, my lovely bride out on a date to see uh, to see Redeeming Love. And then you, you also went to see, I'm hoping that you've seen the movie you by now. I did. Right? did you go? No, I went by myself. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I um, went by myself. Uh, I am... Uh, by the way, the day that this drops is my birthday. So happy birthday. Hey, to me. happy birthday. Honey. I am a uh, 38-year-old single woman, and I went to see Redeeming Love by myself in the theater three days before Valentine's Day. <laughs> were, the, were the only one in the theater? Because we were pretty much the only one in the theater. No, there were actually a lot. There was at least three couples. Okay. And then there were two girls sitting in front of me. Uh, good, just... Girlfriends. These details matter. They do. And then there was a group of like five women. Yeah. All together. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was sitting in the very back row in the very far corner. So yeah. I could see everyone, yeah. which was actually that's that's a lot of fun. Kind of fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Uh when we walked into the theater, the uh the only other two people in there were um a girl about our age, mm-hmm. probably late 30s, early 40s, and her mom. Okay. Okay. And her mom, by the way, <clears throat> very large theater. Mm-hmm. These are uh, pre-purchase your seat situations, right? Uh, the We walk in and the mom sees me and immediately <laughs> grabs her purse and puts it in her lap. Like... <laughs> And there's nobody like, else. There's in the nobody whole else theater. in the theater. I'm like, uh, your purse is fine, lady. What do you think I was gonna do? Is come here like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, fair. It's yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah. There's a, a doughy white guy that kind of looks like a like a hairless Sasquatch. I don't know what to do. Uh, he walks like Sully from from Monsters Inc. I don't know. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into. Uh, do you have a, a like the the synopsis of the movie? I do. Okay. Let's go ahead and and okay. as is our custom. It's okay. Based on the best-selling novel by Francine Rivers, <laughs> Redeeming Love. <laughs> what? <laughs> I picked the perfect music, <laughs> and you're you're given very NPR voice, yes! which is fantastic. This is what we do. She doesn't know because she doesn't, she doesn't know. listen to the show. Oh, don't go there. I'm <laughs> yeah. laughing at the song. Yeah, it's okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> Based on the best-selling book by Francine Rivers, that's where we left off. We're gonna get sassy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Based on the best-selling novel by Francine Rivers, Redeeming Love is a powerful story of relentless love and perseverance as a young couple's relationship clashes with the harsh realities of the California gold rush of 1850. It is a life-changing story for the power of unconditional and all-consuming love. Redeeming Love shows there is no brokenness that love can, cannot heal. I will rescue Fantastic. Thank you. You did a great job. I thought so. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know, we talked about it before. Francine Rivers was a, uh, she was a romance novelist beforehand. Um, before she got saved, she, that, yeah. that was her genre, yes. was, ro- ro- yeah. was romance. And so this was uh, the best way. It's a take on the book of Hosea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so. Um, Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. We should definitely do a trigger warning for a lot of things. Here's the deal. If you are at all sensitive about anything regarding uh, sexual issues, um, don't listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. Find another episode. Don't listen to this one. There's everything from uh, prostitution to rape to uh, kid stuff. To I mean it's there's there's it's harsh. This is a this is a rough rough movie. This is not your episode. A lot of people should probably shut the show down right now. But if you're sticking with us, or, we've given you trigger warning. Or if you want to see it and you haven't seen it yet, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait yeah. until after you've seen it to listen. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll know what kind of what we're getting into. All right, tell me yeah. tell me a little bit about your experience. Um. Well, I mean. I described it earlier, but this was also the first time I'd been back in the theater since COVID. Oh, okay. And so that was fun. And uh, so, like I said, I was sitting in the very back row in the very far corner and I was the first one in the theater. Mm -hmm. So I walked in and I went up and found my seat and just kind of watched everybody coming in. And the first, the next person that came in after me um, was a guy and he was with a woman, but he, I didn't see her at first. And I was like, oh, this is, he came in with a big bowl of popcorn. I thought, this is going to be weird. Yeah. And then this, he came and sat right next to you. Well, especially if he, if God we were the me to watch this only ones you. that were in the theater, <laughs> I was like, oh, I may not be able to stick this out. But his uh, significant other came in right after him. So I was like, okay, that makes me feel better. And then I was surprised because um, there were, not a lot of showings left, which by the way, it, it ended up on streaming on Friday. I don't Did know if you, really? yes, I was like, are you kidding Boo. me? Okay. Um, but, uh, so there were, there were more people in the theater than I was expecting, but, um, 
I'll be honest. I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I went into it um, kind of a little on guard just because of some of the things that I had read and um, some things that I had heard. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just, you know, and I was a little surprised by it because I knew Francine Rivers was a producer on it and she wrote the screenplay. Um, now, I have read the book. It's probably been at least 15 years, if not longer, okay. since I read it. Um, How true does it stay to the storyline of the book? As far as I can remember, it stayed very true okay. to the to the storyline. Uh, there may Was have there been... cussing in the book? Not that I remember. Okay. Was there cussing in the movie? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. A little bit. It wasn't... Wasn't major. No, but... about as much as American Underdog had. Oh, okay, I got you. You know, um, a little <laughs> never hurting anybody. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do I have to bleep those? I think yeah. I do for yeah for the so oh, I don't yeah, have to make so it. So you e. don't have to make it easy. Dang it, sorry, Andrea. Okay, if you so, want to know what I said, you can come ask me. Yeah. Um. So this is how our our situation started. Okay, we walked in and the ticket taker was right there, <laughs> and she goes. Um, tickets and I grab my phone and I have her scan the, the, the QR code. And she goes, Oh, I love this movie. This movie really helped me forgive somebody. And at that point I learned a lot about Alana <laughs> that I did not know that I needed to know. You didn't need to know. No, no, I did not need to know. So when I was watching the movie, I haven't read the book, uh, like I said, in, in quite some time. And I had a lot of thoughts about what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about it and we can we can continue on with your description and it's fine. Okay, it's, well, it's because no you issue. say continue on because I've edited out the first part because no. you hated what I said. No, you can You guys leave felt it really in. uncomfortable with my description of Michael Jose. <laughs> you guys got, I know, got, and it's funny. And it, you can, you can leave it, it in. Really weird. It was weird. Oh, that's fine. But it's, go ahead. You, you, what are they trying to accomplish? Well, I, I think you have to look at, uh, and, and I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to, um, uh, what's the word, defend yeah. in any way. Because if you like the movie or the book, or if you don't, uh, that doesn't, I, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't have any strong, you know, emotional ties. It's, I read the book as a, as a kid. I am a fan of Francine Rivers. It's not my favorite book by her, which I've, I've mentioned before. Um, but a lot of people loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a cult favorite. It was yeah. a cult classic. When Women it of a out. certain age have read this book and live by this book. Yes. Yes. Uh, which I find funny. I don't really, I don't really understand why it was such a cult classic. I don't yeah. understand it. Um, I, the romance of it or the, uh, the the romance uh, between Michael Hosea and Angel, or the way he treated her. I mean, there there are lots of things, and it it is beautiful. However, what I was watching for when when I was sitting there in the theater um, the other night was okay. What is the purpose? Because yeah. we talk about it being lace, uh, loosely based on Hosea. Yeah. Okay, so what's the story of Hosea? Great. What what is the the picture? It's an allegory. It's a it's a picture of God. And I don't know if, if you've read Hosea recently. I actually start, I didn't read read all of it. It's fourteen chapters, but I read through about five chapters of it today. Um, and it's pretty harsh yeah. actually when you read it, and and you're reading what God is saying to the prophet Hosea, and um, he tells Hosea to go 
find a prostitute to marry. Like specifically says, go find a prostitute to marry. Right. Marry her and have children with her. But then she starts having children and God starts telling him to name name them this. Yeah. Because uh you are not my people. Right. Or name name your daughter this because you were not loved. And it's it's harsh. And so when you're watching the movie Redeeming Love, I think a lot of people are, um, and, and one article I read today said that, uh, you know, I the, the author of the article said, I read Redeeming Love as a, as a kid, as a teenager, um, and loved it. But now I don't think that any woman should read it or watch the movie. And here's why. Here's three, three reasons why. Three reasons why. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that it's giving an um, an incorrect picture of love. I I agree. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's because they're looking at it through a lens, through the wrong lens. Okay. Unfortunately, most people aren't going to look at it through the lens of Hosea. Correct. And I was when I watched yeah. the movie last night. I yeah. was looking at it through the lens of Hosea. And for me, in that moment, it was kind of indescribable because you're you're watching it and you're going, everything that you could possibly want is right here. He's offering you his name. He's offering you a home. He's offering you protection and like all of these things. And she just kept leaving and she kept going back to what was familiar and comfortable even though it was awful and she hated it and she didn't really want to be there. And it was just such a picture of us and the way that he just kept and he would go after her and he would go after her and just, <laughs> I don't know how graphic we want to get, but we're, we're going to get, we're going to get graphic because we're, <clears throat> we're doing all the heavy stuff. Yeah, and, but we we've also got to make fun of some of the silly stuff, but some of that is some of the graphic stuff as well. So yeah. go ahead. Well, so today I was thinking about it, and um, I know that a lot of the complaint has been uh, as a Christian movie, and it's PG thirteen, and there is some uh, sexuality in it, or is that the word? I don't know. Yeah, sexual. Yeah, there's some sexual content in content it. Content in it, in it, and I was thinking about. I was talking to my mom Quite about it actually. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, which, and I, you know, I told mom, I said, it's a story about a prostitute. So. Kind of has to be. Kind of what do you expect? Yeah. But the surprising part was that the, the most graphic sexual encounters in the movie were actually between Michael Hosea and Angel. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I said, you know, I know what they were trying to accomplish there, what they were trying to do. They were trying to show that before sex was just an act. It was just something that she had to, she was forced to do. Yeah. She was getting paid to do. And they wanted to show the difference between sex as just an act and an act of violence against her, um, an act of, of you know, demeaning her all of these things and then show what sex is created to be okay and that she found pleasure in the act with her husband so anyway those are just some of the things that i was thinking of when i was watching it and and i think it's easy for us to um to downplay it and and 
and make fun. And I, I know there are funny things and, and we, we are going to talk about it, but I also don't want us to miss the, the purpose of the movie. So I like having that up top because there's also some real challenges in this movie. And so we have to realize that people aren't going to re- read it or aren't going to watch it from the point of view of the prophet Hosea in the Bible. Yeah. They're not going to, re- they're not going to watch it from uh, a point of view of God speaking to his people. Um, they're, they're not going to do that. They're going to see it as a love story between a man and a woman. Yeah. But if we talk about it yeah, before they watch it or even after they watch it, let's, let's talk about it. Let's not just dismiss it and sweep it under the rug sure. and, and downplay it and belittle it. And not that I'm saying that what That's was happening. Plan. I know, but I, I just, I also don't want us to miss yeah. the purpose. Yeah. And again, whether you like the movie or like the book or not, I it doesn't matter. But there, there was a purpose in the story. Yeah. And do I think it was done absolutely perfectly? No, I don't think it was. I think there was room for improvement. I think there was room for improvement in the book. Yeah. When I read it 20 years ago. But um, I, I just... Also, I think there is something very profound there, and I don't want to gloss over that sure. just for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. No, and so that's how I, I, you know, when I came in tonight, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I also don't want to miss what that was. So can I, can I tell you what my biggest problem with the gospel in this is? Yes. After Angel finally gave in to Michael Hosea mm-hmm. and they got married and she left. At that point, I understand the gospel mm-hmm. up until that point. I do not because angel was a victim mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end. And there is a lot of shame that is going to a child who was a victim of sex trafficking Mm -hmm. and she repents for what she did when it wasn't her fault. And that that's the biggest thing that I have a problem with is that, that Sarah, Mm -hmm. the the girl as angel repents for what happened to Sarah. And that wasn't something that she needed to repent for. She was, she was the victim Right. And that's the biggest problem that I have. Now, I I do understand, okay, I, I got you out of that and you keep going back, mm-hmm. but also that is part of trauma. And that's the biggest par- problem that I have is that it's so hard because it this is a full-on child sex trafficking yeah. into prostitution trauma that in the 1850s, just hey, I'm I got a farm. Why would you want to leave? It's not the same, and so that's that's my problem with the gospel of it is that what I, I suppose the only argument would be that we're sinners both by nature and choice, so that we're sinners in our nature, and that's and we need redemption from the sin mm-hmm. in our nature, but like her being a victim shouldn't be part of her nature when she goes back and she re-engages in it. Then at that point I can understand the choice behind it, but I just have a real problem. I, I, I had, I was sitting there just having a real problem with what happened. With I that. had a real problem with the 
part where he goes to rescue her. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like it really was her free will, even though that's what he wanted. It seemed like coercion. Yeah. If she didn't even like remember getting married after she was beaten up. Like I, I wrote down in my notes, Michael Hosea is super aggressive, which is emotional abuse to this prostitute. So the way that he projected it. Now, I'm understanding that the story overall, the theme of the story is good. How they projected it was not gospel. Yeah. No, that, 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 that. That's, that, that's my problem with it. There are also themes, I think, that happen naturally when you are taking a book to screen where either things are like fast forwarded or kind of glossed over for sake of time but yeah. there's some issues i think in getting to the plot where i feel like it needed to be unpacked more okay i uh, i see that um by the way this movie's two hours and 15 minutes yeah. mm-hmm. it's a long movie a you long get movie. your money's worth if you go to the theater yeah. for sure yeah. and a lot of times a lot of the people look the same so i was like wait a minute who's that yeah like what's that okay wait huh all these dingy guys with beards yeah. all kind of look the, <laughs> the same. same wait a minute were you a customer before? Like, how does this work? Yeah, for, for sure. So I guess, I guess the big, my biggest problem is that for the majority of the movie, Angel has no ag- agency over herself. Yes, except I think that maybe I am less sensitive to it. But for me watching it, it felt like a lot of times that that's what he was trying to do. Even when he got her out to the phone, I mean, he, she had free will. She could leave. And yes, he went after her, but he also gave her the option and he, he gave her water and he gave her a blanket. And he's like, if you're going to get cold, if you are going to walk 20 miles to town, then you're going to need these things. But it's only one mile back if you want to come home. And, you know, and there were there were a lot of ways that I think they were trying to um, show that it was a tender. This is going to sound so, so cheesy, a tender wooing (laughs) that he was that he was doing um, that he was trying to accomplish there. And even that last time that she left and he he was just like, there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. Just pray for her. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, and when when she did leave the first time and he said, come back, and then she did come back and he washed her feet. You know, that that was a real sweet moment. When she left the second time, he went and found her and he found her essentially in the act and Mm -hmm. looked at her and said, like, do you want to be here? And she said, no, then let's go. So she he does start giving her choice after, but- Really, I mean, even even when she's laying there, like beaten to a bloody pulp, and he, she, he's like, "Will you marry me?" And she says, "Yes." I don't even know that there's necessarily there was too much of a choice there because I mean, it's either die here or marry you. Fine, and then as soon as she realizes what she's done, she takes the ring off and tries to bail. So, I mean that that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like, that's where the the, the challenge is. Overall, I get the overall theme. But when you go into watching it, please look at it through the eyes of the overall theme and don't think that this is a direct one-for-one comparison to gospel. It's not. It's not even a direct one-for-one comparison to Hosea. Right. And 
I, I think that maybe is the issue with taking the book to the big screen in the first place because there are going to be a lot of people going to watch it who have no history, who have no understanding. They've not read the book. They have. They don't know. Even if even if they know that it's loosely based, they yeah. they don't know what that means. They don't understand what this the book of Hosea is about and what the purpose is. And and I would say that's probably my my biggest issue is because they did a wide release on a on a movie that maybe shouldn't have been. Because you're you are putting this out there as a as a Christian movie. I mean, is it though? I don't know that it is. I don't really you know what that's funny? I don't I was just thinking about that. I don't feel and it's probably on purpose, but I didn't feel like it had so much Christianese. Like when he's washing her feet, he could, they could have inserted some scripture that mm-hmm. could have like informed her of what was going on. And there's also things that they could have said. I mean, I don't think they ever said anything about Jesus. Um, they show a Bible, but they don't say any scripture. Um, they don't show them going to church. I mean, there will be blood probably has more scripture references than this it's about same time frame you know it's kind of same type of thing so yeah yeah it 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 doesn't it doesn't go into a deep um i mean it shows him praying it shows him i mean he he says something about jesus i think it's when he's praying about please let let me let me leave release me to go get her and i think he he says he's praying to jesus then but um yeah, and that's the thing, but I I think that a lot of people even if it's not marketed as a Christian movie people are seeing, you know, people kind of know. And that group of five women that were sitting on the road Oh, for me, sure, they were in youth group. They were all together. Sure. They all read that in high school yeah. and now they're in their 30s and they were all they all go to church. They knew um and it was also the same girl from um I still believe, which was the Jeremy Camp movie right yeah abigail cowan mm-hmm. yeah um also just as a little side note because the olympics are happening and we haven't mentioned them at all uh the woman the actress who plays her mom uh may uh is an actress by the name of nina dobrev and she's sean white's girlfriend just oh really to yeah. bring all that connection about that? there for you um one of the things i thought that they did really really well that I, it just kind of shocked me and surprised mm-hmm. me all at the same time. But I was like, oh, that's real powerful was her shame shower, mm-hmm. um, which from my understanding happens for for uh, during after some sort of sexual trauma that mm-hmm. a lot of times females will get in the shower and take a shame shower. Yeah. And she goes into the river and is like scrubbing herself with rocks to try mm-hmm. to get clean. Uh, that's super powerful. That was very powerful. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of times that um, uh, Michael would say things about, um, I don't, I don't care what you were, or I don't things like that. That kind of um, bothered me a little bit, and yeah. I couldn't really put my thumb on why. Okay, um, I think again, it probably goes back to what you're talking about—the shame and yeah. that she wasn't deserving of it. Um, however, just his character in general. I really loved. Yeah. I really loved his character. He was, sweet, he was a sweet boy. And I really loved the actor that played him. I don't know that I don't know that I've seen him in anything else. 
Um, well, can, can we get to some of the silly things? Yeah. Okay. Let's do so, that. <laughs> a couple of the silly things. One is that um, at, at one point she's on the farm and she's like, "Help me brush my hair," and it's got a very "Oh, farm boy." Yeah. Like, 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 fetch me that jar as you wish. It's got like <laughs> one of these like full, full things. Um, also, <clears throat> I was not aware that a uh, two inch barrel curling iron like existed in those days. Yeah. But homegirl's she, got, got good hair. She had perfect hair. Every the scene. whole time. The entire Every time. scene. Every scene. 1850s. All of it. The color, the cut. The styling, perfect hair, is beautiful. No, nobody else. That's what she got. That maybe yes. that's why she was so sought after was because Must of have that. So made her so angelic. So yeah, right. Um, okay, a couple other things. Uh, McSteamy is in this mm-hmm. this movie. Yes, he is. He's a scoundrel, terrible person. Um, what's up with his face that people are like, oh, you know what? He'll be the perfect scumbag, McSteamy. He really does, though. The perfect scumbag. He really, it's the little, it's the little mustache. Yeah. He grows the perfect, like, mobster. Yeah. Terrible person mustache. Yeah. And in this movie, he is, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's a pedophile, which is terrible. Um, He's like an Irish gangster type of thing. Mm -hmm. He puts... I'll probably take that out. <laughs> probably should not leave that in. That's not, that's not good. That's um, not good at all. Yeah. So, uh, also they, uh, they kept doing all these real, really, uh, weird camera angles with, uh, just making sure that there was no nudity, like <laughs> making sure for sure. They like, were yes, honey. so yeah careful yeah um like all the they hair had to be like perfectly in 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 place oh. my favorite was uh when uh when they were collapsing onto the bed uh-huh. and he just happened to have just left hand over clamshell right just clamshell just just that's how we fall everyone that's that's, that's what how, you that's do how that lands like how many times they had to take that like yeah as outtake and didn't <laughs> knock heads or something we saw areola <laughs> i saw areola there was a nip slip do it again. Uh, uh, what what other what other things? The um, foreplay of plucking the chicken. <laughs> I, I literally wrote, "Want to pluck a chicken?" Gosh, this is why. This is why we were setting rules. Like it, it, it was, it was totally the um, moment in Ghost where they're with the pot, yeah, and the clay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's them. You know him behind her helping her pluck a chicken. Yeah, like that's so she not didn't sexy. Know. She not was sexy. Yeah, her. but yeah, but, yeah, but they had put a total banched bam bam on that. Yeah, and it was so not like okay. Let me teach you how to chop wood. Oh, that's not that's not working because the wood is too stiff. stiff. Yeah, literally said yeah. it. He Lit- said she said those it. Were, oh, she, she said, said it. it. Was she it? said yeah. the wood is still too stiff. So I think I think y'all went into this with just one singular purpose. No. Yes. Yes, you both did. I just did. made notes. You both did. Oh, Sharma. Did you in. not watch the same movie we watched? I did. I okay. watched the exact same movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm just not. No, that was dirty as you no. guys are. Yeah, but it was so obvious. It was, yeah, that, it was way that, obvious. That little f- farming flirting montage uh-huh. was was so a was little like bit in whole, ridiculous. Like in the yeah, whole three minute take. <laughs> so so they finally do the 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 sex scene, and it was like. 
we get it. Mm-hmm. it. It really was like, okay. Yeah. Cool. We can move on. Yeah. They they say they're a little long. Yeah. Why do I have written down here, here hilltop dry humping? Oh, because you were going to talk about them going up to the hilltop and it was the same hilltop as in Christopher Robin. Yeah, it was the same hilltop, like the same wooden branch that Christopher Robin sat down with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Winnie the Pooh. Pooh, I swear. It's the same sideways tree on the same mountaintop with the same cliffs. I was like, that's from Christopher. Ewan McGregor sat there with a, uh, a CGI Winnie the Pooh right there in the same spot. We should, we should do a cut to like a... Yeah. Uh, no, you yeah, not. <laughs> it, it goes from them dry humping on the mountain to Christopher Robin holding Winnie the Pooh's hand. No, we're not doing <laughs> it's that. Not appropriate. It's not appropriate. They, they go to the mountain several times in the movie. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. Um, Jeez. Uh, so that was a note that I had. That was good. Um, you do realize that, like Seth had taught like a whole eight week lesson on the Song of Solomon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked and that about that. Was um. Song Solomon's dirty. Torture. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun for me, but yeah, it was fun and not yeah because he um, likes to make people feel uncomfortable. Yes, he does. <laughs> so I do also have I have a note that says "you Daigle" uh, because that's this, why I was laughing because uh, because the song that comes in. It, um, it, that's a part that was probably the moment it jumped the shark for me because yeah. it was like all great until okay, like well, why also, I put a modern song in it at all. Well, and also um, the words are, I will send out an army to find you. He didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of like one of those, one of those things. I did appreciate the, uh, the house of Magdalena was mm-hmm. the name of the uh, uh, halfway house, I guess is mm-hmm. what she built for, for girls. So like Mary Magdalene, it was like the house of Magdalene. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of a, a cool little touch there. Um, I then I, I also have a note that says uh, McSteamy and then an arrow to McSwingy. I thought that that was a fun little little thing that he got to, he, he, he turned into McSwingy at one point. Uh, good, good on it too, because uh, the, the you're, talk, you're talking about his execution. Yeah. What else? I didn't, I don't know. What, I wasn't talking I was about thinking, a key party in the seventies. Yeah, no, that's exactly okay. where my brain Oh, went well, for, thank yeah. you for clearing it up. No, I mean, McSwingy from his neck. Yeah, <laughs> so that was another part that was a little shocking for me that they were so graphic with that. Yeah. I was a little shocked that, and I, and I didn't read the book, but they allowed her to take the stage. Yeah. Like, why would you let her? Why take would the you stage? let her take the stage? And then as soon as she starts being like, she he's got kids in the back room. Listen, he was a he was a easy guy to hate, easy character to mm-hmm. hate. Um, I mean, just trigger warning, guys. Goodness gracious. Um, there at one point it was forced abortion and sterilization. Mm-hmm. Oh, and which is one of the reasons why she kept leaving because she's like, I can't give Michael everything that he that he wants. All right, here's gospel for you. I can't give God everything that I feel like he wants. So I'm going to run away from him. And God says, no, I don't want that. I just want you and let me do a redeeming work in your life and see what we can make happen. So, Hey, fantastic. So there, there's gospel for you. I didn't mind that. Um, all right. So the, uh, because at the end of the movie, she, she's got a little boy and, uh, and she's also pregnant. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a great way to end the movie Mm -hmm. makes you walk out feeling good um, the, the movie's over and there's only four of us in the, uh, in, in, in the theater and, uh, one person applauds 
and it wasn't either one of us. And I was like, really? Applause? So what, what else in this movie? Like, uh, I, I feel like we, we've done it justice with what the uh, overall theme is. I feel like we've talked about some of the, some of the silly things. Well, I, I was going to say there was one funny thing that happened to me in the, in watching this movie, the theater that I was in, I was in at the Cinemark in Roanoke. Oh, that's my favorite Cinemark. So it's a pretty small theater. And the lights during the previews kept like dimming, but then they'd come back up and then dim and then come back. It was really weird. It was kind of strange. Well, so the movie ends and the the credits start. And I mean, the lights go from black to full power to get out yeah and yeah. i was like whoa they went from enjoy this I movie said, to get out of to the get theater out, we yeah. have to clean this it i literally said out loud whoa because nobody clapped in my theater there was no applause um because i think we were all blinded by the lights so um it was i knew that was coming all right let's do the questions shall we yes all right <laughs> okay um, at any point, is there anybody preaching a sermon? No. No. Is there a scene in a church? Yes. Oh, okay. When was there a scene in the church? Well, he was he praying. Was, he was in the church praying. That was a church. That was a church. Had pews. I thought that was Stained a barn. Glass. No, it was a, had a big old cross in it. I thought he was in a barn. And an altar. And pews. Okay, I must have missed that. I totally thought that was a barn. No, okay. okay. Um, well, now you know. Was it based on a true story? No. It was based on a book. On a, a book story. that was based on a book that was uh, a parable. Parable, maybe. Well, I don't think Hosea was a parable. I think Hosea uh, was so true. Yeah, but I mean, so kind of based on a true story, very loosely. All right. Was there a scene at the end where it just has text and it tells you what happens to everybody at the end uh, afterwards? No. Okay. No. I don't know that this is a Christian movies, guys. Um, <laughs> Was um, was there a sports metaphor? No, 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 no. Okay, does it pass the uh, the Bechtel test? No, no. Does it pass the Black Bechtel test? No, no. Uh, is there a magical black man? Yes, yes, there is. You noticed the yes. magical black man? I wrote it Did down. Did you think that that was the guy yes. he saved? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I did. Yeah. Did you yeah. pick up on that? Oh, I figured it was the guy that he was talking about already. So, yeah. Um, Ezra. Yeah. It let's we should look it up. Look it up in IMDb if he's named Ezra. Nope, he's just named Guardian. Wow, oh, boo! You missed you missed an opportunity there. Totally did. Was he God and God's a black man? Um, oh, settle down, the shack. <laughs> Trying to do and got like what is it? Not Evan Almighty. Well, Evan, yeah, Evan Almighty, Almighty Bruce Almighty. Money, yeah. Uh, interview with God. Yeah, the all of them. they everyone that tries to be edgy. Because that's so out of the realm of possibility that God's not white. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> so, okay, um, would you show this to your parents? Um, I would see this with my mom. I would not see this with my father. Why not? Uh, because okay, just because. Would because he, we've already talked about it. Would he? Would he get up and just be like, "I'm not interested in this"? He. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell y'all something. Yeah. <laughs> And all of our listeners, my dad actually really likes rom-coms. Um, okay. That's <laughs> pretty funny. If if he knew that I was saying this, he doesn't listen. But if he knew I was saying this, he'd be very mad because he would argue and say, Like how doesn't. to lose a guy in 10 days? 
Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes we catch him watching. Like if he's he'll stop on a rom com and like and watch it, and it cracks me and mom up all the time. Uh, but no, he would not. He wouldn't care for this movie. He would have a very hard time uh, seeing past anything that was explicit. Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna. He's not gonna see the look at it through the theme. Oh, of, um, a lot of other people won't. Also, which is why I feel like this one is just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think you can talk about that subject matter and it be vanilla. Yeah. Would How you, was the book with all the sex scenes? I don't remember them being so graphic at all. I think it was very glossed over. All right, Podrishners, you've read the book recently. Somebody has. I want you to uh, just comment on any of the things with just a snippet of how graphic this book is. Well, be fine. I need to read the book again. <laughs> I just realized this, like, there wasn't any sex scenes except for the husband and wife sex scene. Right. There, there, they there talk were. about it. They And they don't even really talk about it. They more innuendo mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. The only other thing that you see is it. it's very implied. And there's, I think once or twice that he opens a door looking for, mm-hmm. and there's, they're on the bed, Yeah, but they're not even, they're just yeah, on the bed. Clothed. They're yeah, fully clothed. Yeah, yeah. They haven't done, started doing anything. Uh, would you, <laughs> either of you show this to your children? Jules, what do you think? I think if Jill was old enough, I would. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like it's a. If she saw it, we would have to have a conversation with her about it afterwards. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about no, past I'm ta- sixteen. At least. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, anybody that watches this should probably have a conversation about it. Just, yeah. just mm-hmm. to make sure that you're understanding the the allegory that it's supposed to be referring to, and not necessarily thinking this is like what a, a, a healthy wooing should be. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, from that aspect, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we this this is not a movie to be romanticized. This no. is honestly not a good Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> no, it's really not. No, and the and that's what I was saying earlier. The book is not. I I didn't understand why the book was so romanticized when it came out, but it it really was. Yeah, I, big time. It was major that just the the cult following that it it received it's kind of shocking i heard someone refer to it like oh it's like christian porn i think that's <laughs> i think that's um what's the word i think that is exaggeration yeah i mean it's it's very oversimplification yeah, oversimplification of it i yeah i wouldn't say that it's it's a christian porn or christian 50 shades of gray or anything like that yeah again maybe i'm being too easy on it you guys know i am yeah i mean it's who i am it's who you are like i said it's not a good movie to watch for uh for valentine's day however um you know it is a it's it's called love so you may force it in there some way um it's uh it's about a good story in the bible it's based off of a off of a book that was loved by a lot of people um you know i guess it works can we yeah. get it? Can we get into the B? I mean, since we're talking about love, let's let's get into the B. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! I could sing of your love forever. <laughs> Worship leader threatens. Uh, <laughs> this is uh this is a Seven Eleven song. You guys know what a Seven Eleven song is? Yes. Seven I words. Fair enough. Seven seven words saying 11 times. Um, members at the First Church of Creation were caught off guard Sunday evening when their worship leader announced the next song in their set, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever. 
like forever? Does he really mean forever? Do we have to listen to his high pitched voice forever? Comment, commented church members. Uh, this seems like a threat to me. Apparently, the threat turned out to be an empty one. Uh, however, as the song ended without incident three hours later, and the pastor dismissed everyone <laughs> without giving his lesson. Let's just call it for today. <laughs> so, You've all suffered enough. I won't preach any. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of blood. I could sing of his love forever. It's fun. All right. That was the beat. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Andre, what's your not for me this week? All right. My not for me. I feel like this has been my not for me before. Is it traffic? No, it's not, okay. actually. Um, But I just, for whatever reason, there's been an uptick of the use of this word on social media this week. And it's if it wasn't for me before, it's still not for me. The use of the word tribe, when people talk about oh, okay. this is my tribe, yeah, or I love my tribe, I don't know why that bothers me. Oh, I have the same, my not for me is um, the word vulnerable. Yeah. People overuse the word yes. vulnerable. I'm being so vulnerable. Yeah. Like, please no. be vulnerable with me. Yeah. Like, dude, you didn't know what that word meant three years ago. <laughs> please don't mention that that's something an eight would say. Just don't do it. Just don't even don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. She's don't not an eight. It. She's more than a number. She's she's a perfect 10. I don't know why would you even think of it. I don't know. There's not a 10 in the Enneagram, though. She's a perfect 10. Come on. She's what, you, what we call a dime piece. And she's tapping her nails. She is not happy. <laughs> vulnerable. People overuse the word vulnerable for sure. Well, I, they just really want to be vulnerable with their tribe. Yeah. So... Yeah. And be authentic. That's another word. Authentic. I, I hate the use of the word word authentic yeah. because I don't think anybody actually who uses it actually knows what they're talking actually, about. Actually, yeah. Because yeah. they, they want to be authentic it. and vulnerable with their tribe. Yes. Um, and just give their truth. Can, can, oh, my God. Can, can I tell you? Can I? Okay. You do know that these are all code words for other things, right? So Is this kind of like the eggplant and the peach? <laughs> Yes, this is the eggplant and the peach. Nope. Yes. Yes. We're done. Yes. Shut her down. Shut her down. No, don't push my button again. That's not for you. Um, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, so tribe is uh, click. It is a reason mm-hmm. to be able to say we are allowed to exclude you because this is just this is just our tribe. It's, it's our my tribe. tribe. It's my these are my people. These are my found family. This is my tribe. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, vulnerable <sighs> means I don't give a f- what you think. <laughs> I'm going to say whatever I want. Yes. And I really hope it hurts your feelings mm-hmm. because I'm being vulnerable. Authentic means uh, I am absolutely fake, but I don't want anybody to think that I am. So I'm going to use the word authentic yeah. uh, what was the other one there was there one more my truth my truth my truth means uh i know that it's a bunch of bull- <laughs> but it's true for me it's true for me so, and that's all that matters so you can't say that it's not true it's you gotta true live for your me. truth andrea you have to live i'm living my tr- my authentic truth to my authentic self and and, and, and i got vulnerable there, i got there by being vulnerable with my tribe <laughs> Honestly, do you guys hear how ridiculous that sounds? And people say it all the time. Uh, so what's your not for me, Seth? You know, I sent you a picture um, last week. 
and I said, remind me next time we record. Yes, yes, yes. This did. guy is my not for me. And that has become even more so my not for me. It's a picture of a gentleman at the theater who sat in front of us when we went to go see Hamilton. Now, yes. I don't think we've ever talked about it. Um, I like Hamilton. We went to go see Hamilton. <laughs> so never talked about it. You fanboy uh, out. Yeah, I completely fanboyed out. I spent entirely too much money at, at dinner on the tickets and then at the merch table. Just, I, I just went a little overboard. But you, you bought the tickets two years ago. Did buy the tickets two years so, ago. And had I bought them this year, it would have been double the amount for exactly. sure. So, uh, but which by the way, is why I couldn't buy more. When we bought the tickets two years ago, mm-hmm. Jonathan would have been six. Jill would have been nine too young for the both of them to go to the theater. Jill uh-huh. could have been okay. A, a, a first grader, not going to work in yeah. the theater, uh, especially and for the that subject long. subject matter wouldn't have been that appropriate. That long of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, he he hadn't heard the musical yet, you know, so he, he hadn't, you know, fallen in love with King George and known all the words and all that stuff like he does now. So now it was like, do I buy them tickets? Oh, it's $300 a seat yeah. for an eight-year-old. No, I'm not going to do that. Not going to happen. So we we went out for 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 just us. We went and did that Valentine's Day. Uh, this guy sat in front of us with his two daughters and his wife. Okay, and he sits down. And he goes, <clears throat> "This is gonna be good. I can tell this gonna guys. This is gonna be good. I can tell from the set. I can tell from the set. This is gonna be good." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's a good set." And uh, and he's like, "You know, they're always going out with." Me. He turns around. And he goes, "Oh, another another dude." You know, it's like he's thinking another dude. They always go out with me for like sports stuff, so I'm just you know pay, repaying it because they've been so many Meanwhile, college sports yes, things. They have a very strict mask policy. I mean, incredibly let, strict. Let me, let me explain that before you walk into the theater. There a couple weeks ago. Okay, so you you know, you know when you walk in, there's people at the door checking your vaccination card, your ID to make sure that's your vaccination card. And you have to put on a mask before you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you cannot go inside. You cannot enter the building. And he has his mask on while he's trying to bro out with me. So I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, uh, yeah, but um, I'm the one really excited about this one. I understand that your 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 daughters are the ones that are excited and that you're taking the hit for them. But like, I'm the one excited. You're the here. excited one. Julie's taking the hit Julie's for you. Julie's honestly <laughs> taking the hit for me. And so... Um, so the uh, the lights go out, and I look over, and the first thing that he does is take his mask off. And I'm like, oh, what a jerk. Here's the thing, guys. <clears throat> Whether you agree with it or not, it's what you sign up for. You can't get on an airplane and take your mask off. You can't do it. It's it's just, it's the rules. Mm-hmm. If you go someplace and they tell you you're going to have to wear a mask the entire time you're here, you're going to have to wear the mask. Whether you agree with it or not, whether your political party, your science, or whatever else like that says that you shouldn't wear one, I don't care. If you agree to go somewhere and their rule is that you wear it, wear the stinking thing. It's, it's the way that it goes. If I go to dinner at Capitol Grill, okay, they have a jacket policy. If I roll in in jeans and a polo shirt, they're not going to let me go in like that. I have to wear a jacket mm-hmm. to be able to go have dinner there. It's the same thing. So he does that real jerk. As soon as the lights go out, real jerk. Okay. So 
Then he talks through most mm. of it. Then King George comes out and he wants to sing along. Don't do that. Don't, I didn't pay money to hear you be off pitch. Don't do that. And then he comes back and like the, the lights come up. Okay. Uh, it's intermission. And the, the, the two daughters and the wife all have an argument over who has to sit next to dad in the second in, in second act. Like they all fight. I'm like, oh my gosh, they don't like him either. That's crazy. And so um, second act comes around and Quiet Uptown is playing. And this is the height of the show emotionally. It is the thing every time, not every time I hear that song, but every time I listen to the play from beginning to end, there is a moment when I tear up, okay? It's the word forgiveness. Can you imagine forgiveness? Oh my gosh. I'm sitting there on the verge of tears. And this guy goes, wow. Oh, this guy's the freaking, you are the worst, Burr. It's just the worst. It's really, really bad. So this, this, this knucklehead is the worst. And can I just ex- expand on my not for me? Mm-hmm. Theater etiquette. Teach your kids from a young age how to act at the theater. There is, there is no theater etiquette anymore. The only way that you're going to learn theater etiquette is by teaching kids theater etiquette. And if you don't know what it is, Google it before you go to any theater. And it really doesn't matter. The way you learn is not on Broadway and it's not even at Bass Hall. It's actually in the middle schools and the high schools. It's those things. When, when, when do I speak? When do I, when do I say things? Mm-hmm. So the, theater etiquette. I can't with people. Yeah, we got, we got to do that. Okay. Anyway, th- I think that's a show. <laughs> I think so. All right. But listen, our thoughts and opinions are not the final word to listener. We'd like to hear your thoughts and opinions about uh, theater etiquette or uh, what word. Redeeming wor- love. Redeeming love, the movie, the book, the uh, the words that are that trigger you. Um, well, any of those things. If somebody wanted to do that, how would they do that, Andrea? Uh, yes, you can find us on social media. We are at Dropping Sunday on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, just as a reminder for every time we get a comment on any of those things, we give them away to a charity. Yes, and remember that the greatest compliment that you could give us is to grow the show. Tell a friend or a family member about the show. Tell them to listen. You know, I was telling someone about the show this week, and I realized it's kind of hard sometimes to describe what we do. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do like our tagline, a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture, yeah. I feel like is a pretty good thing. I think so. Although this person said semi-reverent, I said, yeah, that was Seth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Seth not- is the semi, I'm the reverent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm actually a reverend. And um, it just means that we're not going to like take the Lord's name in vain, but mm-hmm. also there might be a fart joke. Yeah, probably. Probably. Because my mom loves when we say the word fart. It's true. It's true. She loves fart jokes. Maybe we'll say it again next week because we will be back next week. Yes, we will. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. This is Julie. And this is Dropping Sunday.